Hey guys, welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I am your host, Trillificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. As always, you guys remember, you can listen and subscribe on various platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, whatever your favorite podcast app is, such as CastBox or Overcast, or you can go to the website at GaySideStories.com slash shows to listen to this episode and any other that you may choose to listen to. For hashtags, you guys remember Gay Side Pod is the official hashtag of the show. And I would also appreciate if you guys use the hashtag Pods by QPOC. That's P O D S B Y Q P O C. And that's just something that I created to help people find podcasts hosted by queer people of color, such as myself. Send in any mail, letters, or correspondence, anything like that. If you have something that you want to say, you can send that to GaySideStories at gmail.com. And without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get the episode started. I had a great guest. We had a great conversation, a lot of fun, and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, we have a new caller on the line well not really new you've heard his voice before silky smooth baritone (laughs) (laughs) this week we have frankie from what about your friends on the show frankie thank you for coming through thank you so much for having me this is my first time i think you had charnel on either earlier last year or i mean earlier in the year maybe earlier this year or close to the end of last year yes i did i think it was in the 50s so it may have been this year yeah but like i said you guys did hear frankie he was one of the contributors to the gay culture series but now we're going to do a full episode so you can experience the full frankie experience how about that (laughs) how about that so before we get into things uh why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what about your friends i know that charnel's been on the show but i'm interested to see your or hear your perspective on that and I know that you also do photography, so I would love for you to elaborate on that just a little bit as well. Sure. Uh, well, okay. So I am one half of the What About Your Friends podcast. Um, we just had our first live show celebrating our 100th episode. Congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for purchasing tickets. No, no problem. I support my my queer brethren. Yes. Or whatever y'all go by, because I know, you know, gender non-conform. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and it's, I think it's been just a little bit over two years since we started. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't remember it, if Charnel explained it the way I'm going to explain it, but this is the way I explain it to people, that he wanted to do a YouTube channel at first, and um, he wasn't, like, 100% on the idea, so... Um, he wanted to go with the podcast idea because he felt a lot about the stuff that was happening around him. Um, and me and him, we have our own little history, which we uh, always refer back to during our own episodes. And, you know, for anybody that's new, that's listening, I used to date him when I was like 16. And, um, and then we had our own little, like, you know, our own little history of, of good times, bad times. We ended up being roommates for about two years um, and still remained really good buddies. And when he asked me to join the podcast, I just I instantly said yes. And I was like, let's do it. Let's freaking do it. Um, we're in, and we knew what, what we wanted it to be. It was going to be about 
political, social, personal stuff, pop culture. Um, we didn't want to just narrow it down to one theme or one concept. So, um, because like you said, I mean, like we said, we feel a lot about a lot and um, we've always had great conversations, um, especially when we live together, just about, you know, personal issues. And we always challenge each other's thoughts as well. And if anybody listens to What About Your Friends, you definitely hear that because um, we always go back and forth about, you know, really serious stuff, but also stupid stuff as well. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much that on the podcast. And I'm also, I also do photography, uh, Instagram name underscore box guy. I had my first art show last year, I think so, um, to uh, showcase my first photo story or whatever you want to call it um, by the name of box guy. And anyone can check that out on my Instagram and I'm still doing stuff. I'm working on a second project right now. I'm just not, um, it's not on like the top priority list. It's kind of taking a back seat because of, uh, you know, scheduling and, you know, the holidays are coming up. So that's going to be, you know, that's going to be taking up space and all my time at the moment. All right. A man with a plan and lots of things to do. All of that stuff, of course, will be in the show notes. The what about your friends links and links to the box guy Instagram. So now that you've given us a little taste of some of the projects that you're working on, let's move on to the first segment and give people a little bit more of you before we get into the main topic. Let's do it. Question. All right. So here we are in the queer query. First question. And you just talked about it. So as a photographer, what's one of your dream photo shoot ideas slash subjects? If you have like a certain, I don't know, thing you want to photograph or a certain person, celeb, anything like that. Uh, I can try to like separate it because I have different, um, you know, ideas and stuff that I would want to do, um, but I don't have a specific subject for them yet. So I guess number one on my list is to do like an underwater shoot um, specifically around sunset just to see, you know, what I can do with it and um, how creative I can get with it. Um, so that's that for like a theme or a concept. But as far as subjects, uh, I kind of had to narrow it down to like two. Um, and that's one of them is Rihanna. I would love to take, you know, photos of Rihanna because I feel like she I don't, I don't think we've ever seen like a bad picture of Rihanna. Uh, except when she photographs with Beyonce, because I feel like they cancel each other out. You know, I forgot who it may have been you or somebody who pointed that out on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. I had been thinking it. I just never said it because I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they said the same thing about her and Mariah Carey. Like, they don't take good pictures together, but we love all of them. <laughs> right. I don't know if I've ever seen Rihanna and Mariah Carey in a picture together. Oh, no, I'm saying Mariah oh, Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah, I feel like most beautiful women don't photograph that well together. Or maybe it's just the black ones. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I think um, Rihanna yeah. would be a good muse for uh, some photographs. So Yeah, definitely Rihanna. And if I had to go um, with a male, it'd be um, Ricky Thompson. Okay. I love him. I think he's hilarious, but he also, I feel like, knows his angles and knows how to work the camera. Ooh, and that's a that's a blessing and skill in itself. Yes, and I'm a photographer, and I still haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> Listen, I am a living, breathing 
meat pile and I haven't either. So <laughs> <laughs> sitting here with an iPhone X, like, why do I need this good camera? I don't know how to take photographs. I don't know my <laughs> angles. I'm just here clicking. Maybe you just need a nice photographer to help you out. Where y'all at? Where they at? <laughs> Ayúdame, por favor. <laughs> okay, next question. Um, what's an important trait you look for in new friends? Oh man, this is. Or hard. let me let me expand that. New friends or acquaintances? Okay, I think like the biggest thing for me more recently is like self awareness. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. You got to really understand like what you're putting out into the world, and you got to understand like you know what. I think people forget how powerful we are sometimes, and how much of an effect we leave on people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's definitely something I look for when it comes to friends. Like I, I don't really, um, I can't say that I judge people that are, that live carefree, but it's more of like a, you know, to, there's always, things always have to be like within limits. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the things I look for. Anybody that also knows how to like have fun indoors, outdoors without always being under the influence all the time. That's yeah. oops. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, don't get me wrong. I like to have fun. I like to, you know, forget about reality sometimes too, whether it be, you know, drinking or being a little under the influence of some legal substance, whatever. Mm. Um, You know, it's legal work in some places, in some states. And uh, somebody that's willing to listen, but also like check me on my shit from like a genuine perspective. Mm. Okay. So that's kind of the stuff I look for when it comes to friends. I mean, I'm I'm very selective and very picky anyway. So sometimes people come into my life and they're only here for a little bit. That's real. I think we all um, are kind of like that. But not everyone is cognizant of that. Right. Um, so I'm actually going to steal one of yours and say self-awareness is definitely important. Not only just because it makes conversation and just being around the person more bearable, but sometimes I don't always want to be that person. I let me. I don't want to be that person being friends with a bozo, basically, for right. lack of a better term. Like, here's yeah. this bozo that's always saying something out of pocket, has no ability to understand nuance and conversations, is basically a bull in a china shop. Like, I. I'm in my mid thirties. I don't have the energy for all of that. Like you need to be aware of your own shit and it shouldn't take more than a polite, Hey, get yourself together for a friend or acquaintance to realize, okay, I'm doing the most. Like some people just are like, like, I don't, I can't stomach the, this is just how I am crowd because Mm -hmm. that lets me know off top you're not willing to do any type of internal work to improve yourself and it's interesting because it's always like not to be judgy but you're like so you this is just how you are you're not willing to change you're not willing to do anything to be better and you think this is the best you some some people like I guess I don't know how else to word it like you know how we have like relatives that are kind of set in their ways and mm-hmm. you know I guess that comes with age but I feel like some people have that very 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 young like some yeah, people have that yeah, at like yeah. twenty three yeah like if if it's an older person I'm not looking for them to make all these huge changes in personality you know in that instance it's just like just be prepared for what you will receive depending on what you put out. 
Right. Um, but self-awareness is so it's so important to me to be self-aware. So I definitely would like to surround myself with people who hold that in high regard as well. Um, trustworthiness is important because I just don't want to spend my time being around people or having people get close to me that I feel like I can't trust. Like if it's always a constant, I don't know who you talk to or what you're going to do. If you see something or if you get a hold of information, not that, you know, it's a, it's no James Bond shit over here or anything like that, but you just never know. Sometimes letting people close to you, you don't know if they steal, you don't know if they scam. So trustworthiness is important. And final thing I would say is, is sense of humor. Um, I tend to laugh a lot with my friends, whether it's via text, if we happen to hang out in person, which, you know, I don't do enough, but hey, that's a two way street. And a lot of my friends are, are far away. So if we can laugh together via text and if they're on the show, we can laugh, things like that. Sense of humor is important to me, especially because I can be temperamental sometimes so somebody <laughs> somebody has to be a little bit more uh even tempered i guess and <laughs> the best way to go about that of course is to laugh so listen i'm i am that friend send me a funny meme or the funny thing about that though is my friends know what to say or what to send me to set me off so they can get their laughs and i'm just sitting here like i feel used but <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we all have those kind of things. Like um one of my old uh one of my old roommates knows like what to say to piss me off. So I never really truly give him like, you know, like the the Frankie that would lash out if it was somebody that he didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um but that's just, you know, that comes with time and just understanding how the dynamic of the friendship works. But I definitely have those people around me that will do stuff just to see, just to get a reaction out of it, and they'll they'll find that hilarious. Well, well, shout out to you for your growth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's wrap this up with uh your question. Okay, so Obviously, we both are part of this lovely community, this podcast community, um, Pods by QPOC. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm not really, I guess it's really, it's not really a question. It's more of like a suggestion. So, and I don't know if anybody else has like talked to you about this, but how do you feel about having like a giant gathering or like a weekend of people, um, you know, within our community uh, to have like some kind of, I don't know, I guess you could say like weekend getaway or some kind of event where we have like uh, games, drinks, performances, contests, karaoke, just like a big old, you know, weekend of events, you know, for all of us. So you mean like a QPOC podcast convention type thing? I guess if that if that's what we want to call it, then that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, convention might be a little bit grand, but I couldn't think of a different word. But I, right. I understand the vision. Um, I won't say that I've put hardcore thought to it, but it has crossed my mind, like in the conception of the pods by QPOC, the hashtag and the directory and everything, just 
I think it was that thing where it's like, okay, here's this thing that I'm doing and it has all of this potential, but you know, I know it's going to be hard to get people on board and it's such a small sliver. Like I know we are aware of a lot of QPOC podcasts, but it can be hard to get people involved in something new. But one of my visions was definitely something of that nature where we could say, okay, we're going to, have some type of gathering mm-hmm. and it's just going to be nothing but men, women, GNCs, however you identify on the spectrum, the LGBT spectrum. And we're just going to do our thing. And whether or not some people perform podcast live, or if it's just meet and greet, if we just going out, getting turned up, if we, you know, going to Chili's, getting some baby back, baby backs, whatever <laughs> the case may be, I think that that would be amazing because of all the podcast things that are available for people to do. I personally have not seen a lot specifically for our community. Right. Like, which is part of the reason why I started it because I remember I was looking in and people were suggesting they're like, Oh, well, pause and color da, 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 Barry over there, which shout out to Barry. Her, the work that she has done over the last four and a half years is amazing, but that's still shared space. And I felt like sometimes we need our own space. Yeah. You know, like no shade to anyone, but I don't always want to share space with straight male podcasts. Right. Right. Especially because a lot of times they be on some fuck shit. I'm sorry, but we have to call a spade a spade. No, you're right. It is what it is. And we have to um, create those spaces for ourselves when we feel like we're not included or we're not being, um, you know, the doors aren't always open for us. Exactly. So that was why I did it. So um, I'm receptive to your suggestion. I have no idea how to even make that happen. And I think that there's a lot of work to be done as far as getting feet under the movement before we could do that but that's definitely something that i could see happening like even if it's just kind of like a okay we're going to do it on this coast and then next year we'll do it on the next coast um because i don't know it seems like a lot of the podcasts are kind of concentrated on the coasts yeah so or you know just from what we've seen over the or what i've seen let me speak for myself over the past year i know people with enough notice people are willing to travel and go to live shows for podcasts and go to conferences and just meet up. So that would be something worth looking into. Right. I think with enough time and enough notice and, you know, cause scheduling is always half the battle when it comes to organizing anything. Right. Um, I think with enough time and enough uh, effort, um, I think this is something that we could definitely make happen. You know, even if there is a few people that probably won't be able to make it or, you know, like I said, because of timing, um, I'm, I personally think we can make something happen if we get enough people involved and if we, um, you know, if, if everyone's willing to put in that time and that effort to make something like this happen for our community, then I think it could, it could definitely happen. I agree. So I'm glad that this is on record. You all heard it. Frankie just volunteered his services yes. to help make this happen. We'll make it happen. Um, and anybody else, like if you hear this and you have ideas to help make it happen or ideas to make pods by QPOC reach a bigger audience, feel free to reach out to me and let's let's embrace this for us by us type thing. 
Right. Thank you for that. It was a good uh, suggestion. I guess not really a question like you said, but <laughs> I think that that was something that was important for people to hear. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Right. I pers- I think it's it's I think it's important for us to not only have a great, um, you know, relationship or friendships, you know, because of the podcast. But I think it's nice to know that, you know, as you know, adults or, you know, young people, older people, we should all be able to come together one day. And, um, you know, just because we all have this thing that is bringing us or that, that, that common interest, you know? Right. I agree. I agree. So that's going to wrap that up. And speaking of things that are important for people to hear, let's move on to the main topic. For this week, we're going to be talking about love, but it's from a different angle. So I'm titling this love from fairy tales to reality. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> my thought process on this, and I've heard it a lot and I've heard Kevin talk about this on his show that a lot of people have this fairy tale idea of what love is going to be. And that's regardless of sexual orientation and gender. For the most part, there are, you know, are some sociopaths out there that are like, nope, just going to fuck my way through life. And that is what it is. But another conversation, Curtis. (laughs) Correct. Correct. But I would say probably most people have some type of vision, even if it's not straight up fairy tale. Like you're not trying to be Snow White out there dead in the forest (laughs) until you get a kiss from some random nigga. But (laughs) (laughs) um Everyone, I feel like most people have some type of vision for, okay, I am embracing my sexuality, whatever it is, and I'm going to meet this dashing partner, and they're going to sweep me off my feet, and they're going to cook greens like my mama, and they're going to crack my toes, and and (laughs) then you get out there, and you're like, oh, people are trash. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. All they want to do, all they want to do is eat ass and break hearts. If that, listen, because if one more nigga (laughs) hit me up talking about I'm a top and I don't eat ass, like, why are you here? You are a discontinued model. Why are you here? Anyway, (laughs) that's a different conversation. So I wanted to talk (laughs) a little bit about that. So let's start at the beginning of that journey. So when you were younger, what was your idea of love and relationships? I know you came out earlier, like you were, I think you say you were what, 15 or so. I was 15. Um, I was, yeah, I was 15 when I came to terms with myself, but I was 16 when I decided to tell everybody. Okay. So what was your idea back then of love and relationships? And were you one of the ones that had some type of fairy tale in your mind of how your love life would go? I was definitely somebody that wanted the whole, you know, the fairy tale. I wanted that like music video type of love, Um, you know, specifically Mariah Carey's honey when she's like running around on a fucking beach with that guy. (laughs) Um, I wanted, yeah, I wanted something that looked amazing and that made me feel like, you know, like a superstar, but I wanted like, well, at first, like the basics, like I wanted somebody that liked me and I liked them and, you know, then it should just work because when you're younger, you think that's how anything works. Like, yeah. you know, if you, if you like me and I like you, then we should just be together forever and happily ever after. Um, oh, the simple days. 
Yeah, but that was pretty that was pretty much yeah. I wanted somebody to, you know, openly embrace me because I was, you know, I was out at the time, so I kind of expected somebody else to be out and proud with me so I didn't feel alone. Mhm. So that that's that's pretty much, you know, what it was, you know, at the at the core. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh for myself, hmm. I got to get real, I guess. I don't know if I've ever had so much of a fairy tale type deal, but I think I kind of settled early on in a it would be nice if type mindset. Like I don't expect to get it, but it would be nice if. So I was like, you know, it would be nice if I met a guy and we connected and he was nice and did nice stuff and talked to me nice and all of that kind of stuff. It would be nice. But I was also like, I was a little hot in the pants too. So I was like, <laughs> ooh. now that I'm looking back, like, ooh, when did I have time for a fairy tale? Cause I was doing stuff that I should not have been doing. But anyway, <laughs> shout out to youthful experiences. Wait, so quick question. So how old were you when you were, when you were in this, like, um, this mindset? Uh, this was definitely in my teens. Cause I would say I didn't really start understanding my feelings and whatnot until I hit puberty. Mm. Before that, it was just kind of like, okay, I mean, whatever, you know, but and also kind of bowing to societal pressures, like which was a lot of things in my life. Like, oh, you know, you're a boy, you're supposed to play football. Oh, you're a boy, you're supposed to have a girlfriend. Oh, you're so handsome. Come do these weird coronation things with these other little children and learn how to waltz and all kinds of. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm looking, I'm just thinking back to like, what the hell were these people doing with me? But anyway, everybody had their own agenda. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I hit puberty and it was like, okay, so now I'm doing, again, I'm doing things in school in the bathroom that I should not be doing. Mm. But, you know, it is, it, it's a part of me to the total sum. So <laughs> judge if you must. <laughs> no judgment. Uh, we all have some things we wish we could just delete from our, uh, our history, but at the same time, it's, it is, it all, it's all part of the journey. Correct. But I don't know if I ever just really, cause I've never really been infatuated with love. Like I've never really loved love. Mm. So like a love song all day, especially if it's, you know, a good singer. Right, right. If the lyrics are good, but I can listen to the song and be like, it's just a song, like, and it doesn't go any further than that for me. But I used to, I used to actually, um, I don't know if I, if you ever heard this on, on any of my, uh, like, you know, features or anything, but I remember telling people that I never really understood love songs until I was like maybe twenty one. Mm. Like, I never understood why people would put so much. Um, you know, creativity and so much effort into creating these big love songs. Um, I used to just always think that it was more about vocal performance. But then, you know, when you go through your own shit, you're like, now I understand why, you know, 70% of the songs we listen to are about love. Yeah. Because it really does like have that much, that much of an effect on, on people, especially artists. 
Yeah, shout out to Mariah Carey's Butterfly. <laughs> Listen, that that that, that was album. definitely that's definitely that song in particular. But anyway, because um, <laughs> I know you're a lamb. Yes, yes. Shout out to you and Kevin for uh, showing sir, for uh, talking about your favorite Mariah songs last last Listen. week. I don't know if I maybe I don't talk about it enough. I love Mariah Carey. I always have loved Mariah Carey. Listen, you know I learned so many big words from Mariah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I love a loquacious queen. <laughs> right. Anytime you look at the lyrics, you're like, oh wow, she's that, oh yes. That that word I has like seven syllables and 14 notes. Oh yes. <laughs> Looking up words like what? Like, oh wow. You're like, this bitch didn't even go to college. <laughs> And I just like, wow, that is the perfect word to describe this because otherwise you would have had a lot more words that you had to put in there. But anyway, <laughs> shout out to a, a talent, okay? Um, but yeah, I don't think I ever really was infatuated with love enough to the point where I was like, this is going to be my love story. And right. I'm going to have a white picket fence and a dog because I don't want any children. Mm-hmm. And my man is going to be this, that, and the other. Like, do we have fantasies? Yeah, I've had fantasies, but not a vision, if that makes sense. Right, and right. Fantasies, I mean, it just, it changes from day to day. It changes from what I've consumed, and it changes from who did I see on my Instagram feed that day, you know what I mean? But a vision is kind of set, and it can vary as time goes, but you have this clear vision of um, this is what my marriage is going to look like. This is what my relationship is going to look like. This is what my man is going to look like. He's going to treat me like this. And I'm going to live the, this life. And I've never really done that. I've just kind of been like, eh. It's just been, it's been more of like a, whoever I'm, I happen to, you know, come across has to get with it with whatever it is right now. Kinda because. I've talked about my first boyfriend on the show before, but when I met him, which ooh, showing my age, we met on black planet, like one of the black planet chat rooms. Oh, wow. I was blindsided because I, number one, because of, of self-esteem issues, I was just kind of out there, but I wasn't really expecting anything. So when I get this random niggas, like what's up? And I'm like, um, who are you? What are you? Who sent you? <laughs> Nobody's supposed to be here. You know what I mean? Like I'm calling the cops. <laughs> yeah, and so that was such a whirlwind experience, but I still don't think it really changed or had me create a vision. And then it was short and abrupt. On top of that, so that didn't help. And I just never really have had that vision. And I've toyed around with that like maybe i should put some thought into it but then i'm like ah uh, i'll just have some nachos (laughs) so (laughs) moving on because we're about there now so around what time in your life did you start to realize that the fairy tale was unlikely to happen and i mean if we're gonna be honest that men are trash because we are both gay men Mm -hmm. and how have you coped Oh, wow. I think realistically, I can say I was like 25 and I'm 27 now. Um, But because I, like I said before, I'm very selective with certain things. So with friends, with people I let in my circle. So of course, I'm going to be selective with the people that I date or that I call boyfriend or whatever. Um, You know, I realized that fairy tales aren't 
you know, they're not realistic for a reason. And, you know, you can experience the highs of fairy tales. Don't get me wrong. Um, everyone, everyone can experience them, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you're above the, the hard times or you're not going to like you're, you're exempt from putting in real effort when it comes down to dealing with problems within the relationship. Um, that's, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, to, to shorten the answer, like, yeah, I was, I was 25 when I really accepted the fact that, you know, a lot of men were trash and, um, love wasn't going to be exactly what I wanted it to be when I was 16. Um, so how, but, have, you, how have you coped with that or have uh, you coped with it? I feel like me personally, one of the things that I've, that I had to do was, um, really channel all my emotions and all my energy into, into creating and to like, you know, perfecting my craft and really just um, learning more photography because I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I fell in love with a straight man once and the ghetto. (laughs) um, And it was, so it was definitely one of those things that really changed my life and it changed my perspective on so many things. So, um, so now I go, it's just I, I I move differently now when it comes to my friendships and stuff because I am I'm more aware of the boundaries that I have to set, mm-hmm. um, and that was the problem with that situation was you know not only did we have a great friendship there was no sense of boundaries because we both were too afraid to you know to step on anyone's toes or to to come off a certain way like we were both you know we were both kind of young but we just. Um, you know, we, we didn't really know any better. There's no script on how to, you know, how to go about life this way sometimes. So I don't really know exactly how I've coped, but I've, I'm definitely somebody that likes to take all his emotions and try to, you know, or, or tries to put them into his art. I'm, I mean, based on what we were just saying about love songs, I definitely think that that's a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. a productive one at that. So kudos to you on that. Um, I realized that men are the hell trash probably the beginning of that was when I broke up with my first boyfriend and I had to do so via text message because he was not responding to phone calls or anything because it was a, a long distance relationship. Um, Been there, done that, bought that t-shirt. Which, when you're 19 in college, everything is pretty much a long-distance relationship if they're not in the same city. Damn near. Depending on the city, they have to be at the same college. Because you could be here in Houston dating somebody in college and it'd be a long-distance relationship because their school is across town. Right. But um, our he lived in a whole different city. Um, It was a good drive in between cities. So, it got to the point, like I said, that he wasn't answering anything. So finally, I just kind of got to this point. You know, I had my not going to cry moment and I sent the text message like, OK, well, this clearly is not working. It's not going anywhere. So this will just be that. And then, of course, in typical fuckboy fashion, he responded to that, but nothing else that I had sent previously. Um, mm-hmm. And we've kept in touch over the years so i guess you know fuck boys can be somewhat reformed but 
that was definitely fuckboy behavior, but it was my my first boyfriend. So that I think was the beginning. And then after that, I had this experience and I I want to say I've talked about this on the show, but listen, we are 80 something episodes in. I don't remember everything that I've said. <laughs> so if I'm repeating myself, I apologize, but after that I had this experience with the I had my first catfish experience. Ooh. And um you know, met this guy. I don't even remember where, but did all this talking. And he's like, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'll swing through and pick you up and we can take a ride, et cetera, et cetera. And get to the car. And he is, I don't want to say a different person, but this was, it was, it was more fat fish than catfish. Like he was <laughs> who he said he was, but he was, a good 60 pounds heavier than what he said he was. And my thing is, I mean, I'm attracted to some of everything. So I was just real confused because to me, more than anything, it's about the fact that you're lying to me. You don't even know me and you're lying to me and you're lying about something that you cannot change. Like you are willing to hop in your car and drive over here to meet me knowing that you told me you were 70 pounds lighter. Like that's not going to change on the ride over here. Right. You still going to be what you were when you left the house, literally. And so that was a weird experience. And I was kind of put off by it because I guess he was expecting all kinds of dick in his mouth or whatever expectations <laughs> he had. I don't know. And I was like, I'm good, love, enjoy. Like, mm. you know, it was cool to meet you or whatever, but I'm not I'm not feeling that. And it wasn't even that he was just totally unattractive or anything, but the lying is what really made me limp. I was like, I'm good. Like, because if you lie to me about how you look, something as fundamental as how you look, I feel like you'll lie about anything. Right. And your first, you know, meetup or interaction shouldn't be a fucking surprise party. Right. And I feel like that is one of those things where you try to sweep it under the rug. Like, oh, I was just, you know, because the thing that I hate and I've dealt with this a lot over the years is that whole, oh, I wanted you to get to know me for me. And it's like, okay, so you wanted me to get to know a liar because you are a liar. Right. (laughs) You know, they kind of fly over that like it's just some small concession it's like no you're a whole liar right it's a fucking trap (laughs) that is what you're doing but anyway after that experience he proceeded to kind of i don't know who he was connected with but after that it was kind of like my stock plummeted Mm. you know to be dramatic (laughs) right right but it was like you know it was hard to link up with guys after that and i had somebody was like harassing me on yahoo messenger like it would always be these weird accounts popping up calling me names and doing and that that went on for a good year and a half um and then finally somehow he he came across me i don't remember how maybe he had a new account or something and he i guess had learned his lesson or had done the work and had grown and he apologized. He admitted that, you know, he was like, yeah, I told my friends to um, mess with you and da, 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 da. And I've told people not to meet up with you because you were whatever he said about me, whatever lies he made up, you know, and he apologized. And I was just like, I mean, okay, but nigga, that's a year and a half 
of dealing with this shit. Like that's a year and a half that you kind of took from my experience in college. Right. Um, putting my name, you know, dragging my name through the mud when I didn't, I was like, and it, I'm not, and I told him, I was like, okay, but you, uh, I don't know. I was like, you're apologizing for what you did, but in the grand scheme of things, I never did anything wrong. You've been wrong from jump. Yeah. And uh, so it was that experience that I cemented to me. I was like, okay, so these niggas ain't shit. These men, niggas, whatever you want to refer to them as are trash. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and after that, you know, I haven't really had, well, I mean, I never really had a vision, but I even less so, like I didn't really have much hope for I won't even say love, just companionship or just meeting somebody, just even just dating. Like even if it's not hot and heavy, endless love type shit, just dating a nigga. I was like, eh, I mean, because you're gonna be trash. And it's just like, eh, do I want right. to deal with trash? Not really. And that went on for ooh. I mean, I had experiences, don't get me wrong, but I never really put myself out there that way. Like I was never I never really allowed myself to be that vulnerable as far as allowing someone to get close to me. Even when someone did try to get close to me, I was still skeptical the whole time. Like, and I was of course justified in my skepticism, but <laughs> I remember that instance as well. So, and that was what a good 10 years. It was, ooh, I mean, you know, I think it was over 10 years before my next relationship. And even that was, ooh. but you guys have heard about that i guess i would say i was probably what 20 years old when i was like oh okay so i was right to keep my heart in the ice box and i'm just gonna padlock the ice box now (laughs) and i was pretty much it yeah it was it was an experience so how have I coped? Ooh. Um, so since we were talking about self-awareness, let me peel my own wig back a little. <laughs> <laughs> my coping mechanism has definitely not been the healthiest. I definitely have isolated myself quite a bit. And I have for a very long time as far as dating and, and stuff like that. Um, and I haven't really put that energy into anything productive, probably until recently. I would say probably not until I started this podcast that I start. And it wasn't just that energy. It was a lot of different energies that were not serving me, but they were there and they were traumatic. And I was like, well, let me do something with this. And I started channeling that energy and creating you know making it creative energy and using it that way but i would say my main coping mechanism and for a lot of things but definitely for this has been isolation um i remember i had the last or not the last but i remember i had a dating experience quote unquote because i still don't feel like we dated but my friends say that we did and i'm like okay whatever helps you <laughs> helps y'all sleep at night but 
after he ghosted me twice, which I was expecting the second ghosting. So I was just waiting. I was looking at my watch like I was like Judge Judy in that one gift when she tapped her watch. <laughs> yeah. Because I knew it was going to happen. So, so quick, I, question, quick question about the whole ghosting thing, because I think people I think it, I think it varies depending on like what we're talking about. So when you say he ghosted you twice, was this um, was this like an agreement to meet up? No, no, no. This was like he removed himself from my life. Oh, so he just like stopped responding and yeah, he stopped responding, stopped coming around because he had kind of bogarted his way into my life. Like we had been chatting on, I want to say it was A for A for months. And then randomly one night he was like, hey, you want to meet up? And I was like, uh, are you going to kill me? But we yeah, <laughs> got to ask those questions. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I didn't even think he liked me like that beforehand. I thought we was just chatting. Right. And so we met up and it kind of snowballed from there. And the next thing I know, he was like inviting himself to my apartment and I was having a game night, so he met my friends, which I don't think I've ever... That was only one of two instances where someone I was dealing with sexually or romantically has met friends. Mm. And i never forget it because I feel like... Oh God, I feel like Mary J. Blige. But <laughs> I'll never <laughs> we, forget we that. We all have those moments. <laughs> because I've never experienced or had like a valentine and i remember this year we were dating around that time quote-unquote dating and i was like okay so valentine's coming up like are we doing something or are we good because i don't really know how this works like it's only we've only been in each other's acquaintance for a few weeks and he was like no we're gonna meet up we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and then I think a couple of days before Valentine's, I texted him to confirm whatever plans we were making. And I never heard from him again. And it was, I want to say maybe six or seven months. He came, he popped back up somehow. So that was the first ghosting. And then, like I say, six or seven months later, he popped back up and again, bogarted his way into my life. And, um, I just entertained it because I just wanted to see what he was going to say. I was like, I already, you've already proven to me that you don't hold no affection for me because you wouldn't treat me the way that you do if you did. Right. But I wanted to see what he was going to say. And somehow he bogarted his way. He ended up coming to a football game with me and my roommate and at the time and one of her friends. And I'll never forget this, too, because it was so weird because he spent the entire time staring at me to the point where my roommate was like, is he well? (laughs) (laughs) It was so weird. And so then on the way back, my friend, I mean, my roommate and her friend, they sat in the back seat and he was sitting in the front when I was driving. And he was like trying to hold hands. And then he texted me and was like, oh, I really want to kiss you. And I was like, why are you texting me? And you sit next to me. Like, that was weird as hell to me. Oh, man, I hate shit like that. It can be cute, but not when you've ghosted me. That ain't cute. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you have issues. (laughs) Right. And so we got back to the apartment and he went on this whole thing. And I was just like, I'm I'm kind of good. Like, I don't. I don't know if I was being petty or what, but I was just like, you have not done anything to make me want to let you back in that way. Like you popped up, you barely slung a half-ass apology and explanation. 
And it's always the same explanation. Oh, my family was doing this. You know, my dog fell off a cruise boat or some. It is always (laughs) just like. If somebody hit me with the dog fell off the cruise boat, I would have been like, you still could have texted me. I mean, it's just like, oh, my brother was doing this and my mom was doing this and da, 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 da. And I was like, so I understand that people are busy, but I was like, nigga, you left me hanging on Valentine's Day. Like you could have sent me a text like, "Hey, something's going on." You know, I may be unavailable, but I'm gonna get right back. Like you didn't, you didn't give me any type of courtesy. You just completely ghosted. Like you were just completely gone. In the words of Kevin Dwayne, "Who raised y'all?" Listen, <laughs> and so, and then so the second time after, I pretty much, I guess, wasn't receptive to his advance. He, of course, he ghosted again. And I was pretty much that, you know, I think we, and I, you know what? I didn't feel bad about that because I was like, well, I got a categories game out of this yeah. and I got a free um, deep fryer. <laughs> <laughs> this is, okay. I would tell this quick story and then we're going to move on. Go he, because when he, when he invited himself to the game night that I was having with my friends, he was like, Oh, you know, like we're hosting a game night. And I was like, who is we, my nigga? Because I just met you like a couple weeks ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's this we shit? But I mean, he was really adamant about it. So he, he he invited himself when I went grocery shopping and he was throwing stuff in the bag. He's like, oh, well, you got to have meatballs and you got to have wings. And you got to. And I was just like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> You know, it was like on one hand, I was like, oh, this is this is kind of dope. Like he's involved. He wants to meet my friends. He wants to contribute. But on the other hand, I was like. Something in the milk ain't clean. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and so he was like, yeah, so I'm gonna do the meatballs um, and I'll fry the wings. So I'll bring my my deep fryer. And he did. He cooked the meatballs in the pan in the oven. And when you know, with the he did like baby shower meatballs, which are always good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he fried wings, and I think we had a couple of different sauces. I made a uh, cheese dip, and we had a whole night. I think I still have those pictures because I'm still friends with those people that he met that night. Uh huh. And then he disappeared and, and left his shit with me. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll be frying wings on your behalf. <laughs> you know? Do you, uh, think, do you think in like the next couple, I don't know, when, when was the last time you heard from him? Oh, it's um, been years. I think we connected on like LinkedIn or something. He was he had moved to Atlanta or DC or something. Oh, okay. I was going to say, do you think there's a chance that he could ask for his deep fryer back? <laughs> no. If he if he hasn't gotten it in the past eight years, <laughs> I don't think he was particularly attached. He was as attached to that deep fryer as he was to me. So You know what? But I, the, <laughs> I'm not going to throw it out the window. You'd, you'd be surprised. Well... Good luck, everybody. <laughs> especially, especially if you know if you just happen to not be where you are anymore, and he it becomes a freaking mission to track you down. Listen, I'd even that if I listen, I'd change my lifestyle. Be like, oh, I'm vegan now. <laughs> I ain't deep frying nothing. I'm, vegeta- I'm a vegetarian. Exactly. Okay, so back back on track. <laughs> We've talked about where we started. We talked about when we sensed the shift. 
now, where, what are your feelings and your thoughts towards the pursuit of love and relationships? Like, and what are some key lessons that you've learned that have helped shape this view? Well, to start, um, I think it's really hard for for us as gay men to find like genuine relationships. Like, I mean, it's it's I guess it's hard for everybody, but you know, it's really hard for us to find people that we can really put our time, energy, and our faith into. Um, you know, and that that all depends on how you carry yourself, or the people you surround yourself with, and where you are in your life mentally, emotionally. Um, you know, you really got to have when you when you get older like you really got to have boundaries and respect for yourself and um like the sad truth is a lot of us we have to learn things the hard way mm-hmm. and there's you know like i said earlier there's really no script on how to navigate life as a gay man so you know i'm learning as i go from you know from the people that i um you know people that i call friends and people that even within our our podcast community like i'm learning so much from charnel and kevin duane you know john salvatore you included um and shout out to superman uh ronald anthony black like those are all people that um i'm learning from as a gay man you know mm-hmm. we sometimes we share similar stories and even sometimes we we have different perspectives on things and because of where we are in our lives and i'm you know the, for me that's like my not really my script, but it's just more of like a, like a guide. Yeah. So that's, I guess you could say how, uh, how I feel about dating uh, right now. But um, let's see, what was the other part of the question? Uh, okay. So yeah. So what I've learned uh, is just like, like I said before, you have to have boundaries and you have to really respect yourself yeah, because it's it's really nobody's uh, it's really nobody's responsibility to make sure that you have that. You know what I mean? Like, it's a th- it's just something that we have to kind of grow. We have to come up with on our on our own. And um, I think another thing that I've realized is like, you just because you meet somebody and you have a connection with them, it doesn't mean that they're meant to stay in your life. And you know, everybody everybody comes into your life for a reason, but. And we all have our own baggage and we all, you know, have things that we carry, carry along with us, but it's nobody's responsibility to, to fix that. And it's not your responsibility to fix other people. Mm. All right. Come on, dropping a few gems along the way. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it opens the door for like so many, you know, different conversations, but like, um, you know, I, and I talked about this on my uh, episode with Kevin Dwayne about, you know, boundaries and stuff. And, um, you know, you, you can be considerate, but at some point, like, I think we have to be fair to ourselves. And we have to remember that whether we're single or, you know, if, if we're not single, like we have a right to live a beautiful life, you know, to the best of our ability. True, true. Uh, for myself, ooh, I don't really have a lot of thoughts towards the pursuit of love and relationships like on an episode a previous episode with my good friend Bree we talked about our our love style quiz results and I did say on there that I'm open to it but it's not high on my list of priorities it's not something that I'm searching for it's not even something that I really see for myself and 
I don't maybe it's a combination of just the experiences that I've had and a blanket of cynicism, but I've gotten to the point where I'm like, if love wants to show out in my life, then it's going to have to show out. Like I need to be convinced at this point. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say again, that uh, someone would have to jump through all kinds of hoops and be able to, turn a block of coal into a diamond with his ass or something like that. But <laughs> I definitely would be on the defensive until I see signs of stability and other things that I'm looking for to help me put, get my guard down, you know, right outside of that. I'm just, I've never really been that person, but I've, uh, I'm more so now not that person of I'm just not open because I don't have the emotional and mental stock to have men playing in my face, for mm. lack of a better term. Like right. some people are built that way and they date and they go through experiences and they go through hardships and they go through hurt and they learn and it helps them grow and they, they're just those type of people. I am not one of those people. That's not my ministry. I'm not trying to constantly go through this wave of disappointment and whatnot. And that's not to say that I'm going into situations expecting the worst, but I am realistic. And so I'm not going into it hoping for potential. I'm going into it, in a I'm taking what you present to me at face value. Right. And if we are honest, a lot of times what we are presented, if we take it, if we pay attention and we take the rose colored glasses off and we consume what we're given is shit from the beginning. But there are so many different things that can alter our perception of a person. And I'm just not in that space. Like, I'm really of the mindset of be about what you say you are, do the things that you say you're going to do, walk it like you talk it. And anything be outside from that is not for me. I'm good. There's plenty of people out here that you can do whatever it is that you're trying to do with. I don't need to be a part of that number. And so of that, I, I'm cognizant of how that sounds. I know it sounds like, oh, he ain't really like he, somebody could come along trying to love him and he would be like, no, nah, I'm good. And that could be true. But I feel like at this point, if that person came, came into my life, then they would be equipped to overcome that. Mm -hmm. Just like I would be equipped to recognize that and help those walls come down a little bit easier and faster versus a straight up fuck boy trying to worm his way into my life. And I'm just like, do I need to get the raid? Like, what is even happening here? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it's at some point you have to really, uh, you have to really figure out how much you're willing to, you know, compromise or, you know, or I guess you could say tolerate when it comes to letting people into your life. Because, you know, even though we all have our own experiences and we're all on our own paths, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, 
were meant to like fix each other because you know, like I said earlier, sometimes you meet somebody and you guys may have a connection, you guys may like each other, but you guys are coming from two different points of life and sometimes it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always end well. Correct, correct. And so a lot of the lessons that I've learned that have gotten me to that point, and it's really the same lesson over and over again. It's the same either ghosting or just inconsistency or just flat out playing from the beginning that yeah. I've experienced to the point where I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna sit here and I go through stages. Like I've, I did have a stage after that one dating experience where I got the deep fryer. I want to say I went a smooth two years without entertaining men at all. Hmm. And I didn't even realize it was that long until a friend of mine asked me one day, he was like, so when's the last time you like dated or had sex or even like, looked at a dude like that and i was like 2009 and this was in 2011 he was like what the fuck and i was just like (laughs) i was like what's the problem (laughs) he was like what the hell but it was just what i needed to do and i go through these phases where i'm like i don't want to be bothered and i go through phases where i'm like okay i'm willing to entertain but again it just is always kind of the same thing so I guess there is some optimism that I'm like, at some point, somebody, I guess, is not going to be playing in my face, but I'm not holding my breath at the same time. Right. And that's really kind of what has shaped my ideas now. So it's like I'm not closed off, but it has to be something spectacular. You know what I mean? Like it has to be the fodder of one of the epic love songs for me to sit up and pay attention uh, anything less than that then i'm just like eh, i mean mike john says i could have had a fresca <laughs> <laughs> so let's wrap this up and let's talk about the future so this is where we are now what are your hopes for the future in terms of your love life uh i'd say i'm still like pretty optimistic and like in finding someone that i feel is meant for me, you know, someone that can make me feel like, like that innocent teenager I once was. And, you know, someone I can be proud of and that's willing to listen and learn and not be my yes man. Um, I want somebody, I I know I'm able to find people that are happy to see me win, Um, you know, because that's the kind of person I am for my people. And, you know, no matter what you do or whatever, if I see you succeed, then I'm going to, you know, be your, I'm going to be your cheerleader. And I, you know, I expect you to be the same way for me. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be on some extravagant or, you know, dramatic shit where, you know, you're making Instagram posts about me every day, Um, you know, but it'd be nice to know that somebody, you know, is happy to see me doing my thing. Um, you know, because we all, like I said, we all come from different paths, but if we're able to come together and, and you know, live our lives, just not to say despite, live our lives, bring our lives together and make a relationship work out of that, then that's fine. Um, you know, I'm still very optimistic in, in finding somebody. Um, I'm just more, I think I'm more realistic when it comes to like timing, because, you know, when you're younger, you want you expect to be married and have a house and all these other things before you're 30 because of what we're used to seeing. Um, And for me, I'm just at a point where if that doesn't happen for me, you know, in the next 10 years, then I know I'll be fine. But 
And if it doesn't, then I, you know, I, I know I got to move on, you know, this, like I said, if whether we're single or not, we still have a right to live a beautiful life. And, um, you know, I'm not going to let my relationship status, uh, affect that. You know, like I said, like, like you said, it'd be nice. Um, but it's not the number one thing on my, on my list right now. There's so many other things that I would want to do that are, that I'm more focused on. And if I happen to um, come across a, a healthy relationship, then, you know, that's not going to stop anything. It's just, it's just going to be a bonus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I'm going to be honest. My hope for the future of my love life is dual income household. Um, can we go half on these bills? Hmm? Or even better, you come in and pay all the bills and I'm just over here. And you do what you want to do and I'm just here. No. Um, <laughs> I, was like, I think we took a left turn. <laughs> it would be nice. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, it would. <laughs> it would be nice. Um, Okay, so let me... I have to shift my wig a little bit again. The future, I... want to get to a point where I am more open than I am now to the prospect. And I'm not kind of looking at every situation as a guilty until proven innocent type deal. Hmm. And that's a struggle because again, you know, I'm just the way my mind works. I'm, I'm so steeped in just reality. Like I want to, I want the reality. I don't want to be influenced by butterflies in my stomach and all that kind of stuff. Like give me the real. Right. But at the same time, I understand that that's not always necessarily conducive to getting to what you want because love relationships, dating, all of that is a journey in itself. And that's something that I still struggle with that I would definitely have to work on. And in addition to that, I want to get to a point where I feel more deserving. And it's not to say that I feel like I don't deserve a nice guy, that I don't deserve to be loved and supported and treated the way I feel I always should have been. But it's hard to explain, but I still feel like there's some type of barrier. Like there is some type of breakthrough that I have not come across that is going to kind of lead me to the promised land. Hmm. And it's a, uh, it's internal. Like the main thing is I'm not looking for an external force to change my situation. I feel like that needs to come from within. Right. And that's really where I'm struggling. And I won't say struggling because it's not something that I'm actively working on every day. It's just one of those things, again, that I'm cognizant of. Right. And, you know, I think we all have a bit of like some kind of mental gymnastics to, you know, to work on or, you know, we're always going to be growing. There's always going to be things that we need to overcome or things that we realize later on in life that, okay, this might be an issue for me. And it's something that I'm going to have to work on, you know, going forward. Right. And I would say if I could piece together a vision 
by grasping the wisps of things that I've kind of allowed myself to wish for, then it would definitely be some type of healthy, gradual situation because I feel like I, I don't want or I'm not equipped to jump into a situation as is. Like it would definitely have to be a situation where it's like, okay, we meet, we date for a while, and then we kind of ease into a relationship, but something of that nature that's healthy, again, that gives me what I want and what I need and a situation where I'm able to do the same for the other person. Right. Because I think sometimes we get so caught up in what we want and what we need and what we expect that we don't realize that the other person has those same things and they put those on us. Right. You know, because I think a lot of people get caught up in that trap where it's like, I want the perfect boyfriend without realizing, but you are a nightmare. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so it's like you want the perfect boyfriend, but what are you being to them? Right. You know, and I don't want to get caught up in that. What's like, I want, I want, I want, and I deserve and I need and da 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 da. It's like, okay, well, I have to be cognizant that if I'm expecting those things of someone, then someone's going to be expecting that of me. So I would, my hope for the future is to be in a situation where that is doable. I don't want to say easy because I don't think any type of dealings with another human being when emotions and love and those types of things are involved is easy, but something that both parties are more than willing to do. Like we're both willing to do that work to make whatever it is between us work, if that makes sense. Oh, no, it definitely makes sense. And, that, you know, that's, 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 I guess, I think we're all looking for that in, in a, in a sense, we're all looking for somebody who is, you know, willing to tolerate everything that we bring to the table, but also challenge us and, you know, help us grow. Right. Um, you know, some, some people can be, you know, like I said before, set in their ways where they're like, oh, no, I want the perfect boyfriend, but he has to take me as I am. I'm not changing. And right. It's like, you, you can't go into. It's like, that's situation. not how it works, beloved. It's not how it works in any situation. You can't just go into, you know, you can't just jump into any relationship or friendship thinking like, okay, well, just here I am. This is me. I don't have to do any work, but like, what do you, what can you guys do for me? Right. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you don't get to be trash, but expect perfection that's it's not how it works but yeah that would be my my vision it's kind of like a a slow burn but again it's not a priority for me dating and and a love life and all of that type of stuff although in the back of my mind i'll be honest with some of the stuff that i have coming on the horizon as far as my life i would not be surprised if somebody's son like parked himself in my life and i'm like again who gave you access? Like, <laughs> what are you doing here? Why are you here? <laughs> like, I'm trying to work. You. <laughs> right. And I'm sitting here like, I'm trying to work on me and you all up under me. Like, mm. I feel like that's going to kind of happen. And I really honestly feel like I'm going to blink. And the next thing I know is going to have happened. And I'm just, I don't know how I'm going to handle that, but we'll see life, life be life. And life, enjoys a good curveball so that might be my curveball it's like okay well i spent all this time not really dating and not really being not really entertaining men you know just living my life doing my own thing and then boom 
hear some nigga that's like, oh, you know, like you are what I want. And I'll just be like, mm, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, so that wraps up this conversation. I think that this was a, a very introspective conversation. I, I liked the the journey that we went on. Hopefully everyone that hears this liked it as well and kind of did that same mental inventory like what was your journey like from fairy tale to reality um again frankie thank you so much for taking the time to jump on the show no thank you so much for having me i've been meaning to be on this show i think we talked about it a long time ago but you know timing and life timing and life yeah and i kind of there was so much going on that i did kind of settle i was like well at least he contributed to the gay culture and i was like oh, definitely maybe that's that's it for now but things worked out you know shout oh, out yeah. to november and tell people where they can find you and your shows and all of that good stuff all right well you guys can listen to what about your friends on apple Podcasts, soundcloud stitcher you can find me on twitter at frankie l rivera instagram frankie dot rivera and once again my photography instagram at underscore box guy and snapchat frankie.rivera all right guys that's gonna wrap up this episode remember you can go to gaysidestories.com that is the hub for more information about the show guests and myself again email any questions or suggestions or if you're interested on being on the show or if you're interested in having me on your show anything of that nature you can send all of that to gaysidestories at gmail.com you can also contact me on Twitter or Instagram, either of those show pages. They're both at Gay Side Stories. Please take a few minutes to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating. Or if you happen to listen somewhere else where you can leave a rating, or if you want to go on the Facebook page and do so, anywhere where you can leave five stars, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you really enjoy what I'm doing and you want to give me a little boost of encouragement, you can write a review a good one hopefully and maybe i'll read it on the show who knows any of those things to help just get the word out about the show remember you can also find me on ratchet ramblings with jeremy and candace discussing black reality tv shows i am currently on hiatus from that show but jeremy and candace are holding it down so if you still want to get your laughs you can go over and listen to my good friends there as always, you guys, I have to end this by saying thank you. Thank you for listening. There are so many podcasts that you could be listening to, and I'm so appreciative that people continue listening to this show every week. They tell people about it. New people are finding it, and you guys are enjoying what I'm doing, and uh, I just I appreciate you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sticking with me. I hope you will continue to do so. We are on the road to episode 100 is getting closer and closer wow i can't believe that and for anyone wondering i don't have any idea what i'm going to do for episode 100 my mind is not even there yet i just kind of look and see when i put the episodes out like oh wow i'm on 80 something now i'm on 87 so that was why i brought that up but if you have some suggestions hey reach out and in the meantime, guys, remember, protect your walls. 
protect all your walls or they will crumble and you will be out here laid out in the winter time and you don't want that all right we want to keep all of our things nice and warm so protect those walls and i will see you guys next week